You're listening to One Good Take, the podcast that delves into the nitty-gritty of film development and distribution and explores the often elusive chemistry that brings the film to life. By the end of each new episode, my hope is that you will have gleaned some new and creative ways of going about film finance and feel freshly motivated. I'm talking today with James Whitehill, writer, director and producer at Seven Scope Films based in the UK. Welcome, James. Thanks for coming on the show. G'day, how you doing? Yeah, good. So, how's it been in the last uh, three or four weeks for you? Uh, fantastic. I, I love it. I wouldn't mind lockdown lasting a little bit longer, if I'm honest. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, my wife, Jessica, and I, um, we, we work from home together, and we have done for the best part of 12 years now. Um, so, lockdown is quite similar to everyday life. The only difference is I'm not going into town for meetings, and I have to do the grocery shop every day. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Yeah. So, so what is your um, main focus at the moment, film-wise? Um, great question. It's always always development. Um, so, Jess and I will always have two or three um, of our, our favorite ideas um, brewing, either in the planning stage or actually in the scripting phase. Um, so, yeah. so she and she's the pro, primary writer. I, I'm more good at just guide projects. Um, depending on what sales agents are telling me to do or what the market's doing or if there's something that got made that we thought could have been done a little bit better, we might take that and run with it. Um, but at the moment, uh, I'm currently, it's not it's not been formally announced yet, but uh, so I can't talk about it at the moment, but I am in the process of attaching talent to uh, a known screenwriter. Um, he asked me to produce his next film, which was a, a bit of an honor actually <laughs> i really i yeah, really yeah. enjoyed i really enjoyed his 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 previous hit um, yeah so yes i'm working on that one at the moment um we're speaking to a couple of very well-known names uh, yeah <laughs> which is so, so, sure yeah you don't have to um divulge <laughs> all your sources <laughs> and, and so on but um it'd be interesting to know uh, just take a project you feel comfortable talking about uh, how you got going with that was it, obviously you've got script or even at least a treatment what where, where do you go from there in terms of development money seeding that kind of thing are you bringing in a casting director are you yourself going to find an actor attaching an actor what, what are your steps your early steps yeah great question um so i've been i've been living in the uk now for just over four years um left advertising um, in australia to come here and do feature films full-time and I studied pretty well full-time for the first 18 months. Um, you know, every, every resource I could find, every page on, uh, on Google, every YouTube video I could see, anything that I could learn from. And after 18 months, I realized there's no single way. There's no one way to get something done. So let's, let's get that out of the way. There is, there's no holy grail um, <laughs> special, sure. yeah. special form. Yeah. There's no template. So, yeah, no, sure. In, the, in that 18 months, you know, Jess and I developed um, my, my favorite script, which is called Sven. It's a supernatural sci-fi um, mystery thriller. They were ticking as many genres as possible, um, which is not ticking horror yeah. or, or comedy or faith film. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so Sven's my, my baby. That's my pet project uh, that I was set to direct, um, and I'll, I'll explain why, why I say that in the past tense later. Um, but what I did was I, I went out and I – I just tried to get it made by by anyone who would take a meeting with me. I eventually found um, a sales agent who would take a meeting, and he said, "Look, go away and come back when you've got talent." Or I found another sales agent, and they said, "Go away and come back when you've got twenty percent of your budget raised." Yeah, that's now, typical, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, it's just it's it's a really polite way of telling you to go away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> get lost and do your homework or whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's it, well, it's it's kind of like a get lost and. Um, come back when you're an official member of yeah. our inside film club. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. Which is it's catch twenty two, isn't it? You know. So how do I get there? You know. Yeah, and I don't think that's I don't think that's fair. You know, I think the mm. the, the sheer breadth of talent that that exists in in okay, so we're we're in London right now, but yeah, in London or in um, Hollywood or in any major city, you know, there's there's tons and tons of really talented people that are just not getting through the door because there's even more people with no talent that are bombarding sales agents and, and managers and agents yeah. and, and producers with their below par, you know, half-baked kind of written, maybe got read by their mum or their best friend and told it was a really good script. 
Yeah. And, so, and so I understand all the doors go up. I get that. Um, so to circle back and answer your question, uh, I, don't, I don't personally engage a casting director um, uh, straight away because I find that they, they all want, and quite rightly so, Money up front, yeah. Yeah, 10, 15 grand up front. Um, and there's no guarantee they'll get anything done. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, I'm, I'm not a big fan of losing money. I'm not a big fan of throwing money away. Uh, <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> yeah, I don't know how you feel about it. Um, <laughs> you know, so, look, it, it is an incredibly challenging um, thing to do. And I'll be really honest, I haven't, I haven't figured out um, what the answer is. Yeah, it's um, a paradigm, yeah. Yeah, but there, there is one thing that I do know. Um, and there is one thing that I have uh, learned and figured out just by meeting producers who have got something made um, or just <laughs> by, by what has been released and, and produced. And it is these two words. And if anyone takes anything away from this conversation, this is it. Money talks. So with this film, are you approaching cast directly? Or that is to say, are you approaching agents of top cast and hoping that 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 the strength of your script will be enough to have these top names or at least B-list names read the script and consider it? Or are you, to, in, the, in the meantime, just going to high net worth individuals and putting your project out there and saying, look, I, I need some seed money. With the seed money, I can get a casting director, the kind of casting director who can bring in this kind of talent. Is it? So yeah, just w what sort of direction are you are you going in at the moment at this early stage? The one thing that I've learned uh, over the last four years is that uh, we are not um, just creatives. We're not just script writers. We don't just find great projects. Um, uh, we are, as producers, what we need to be are fundraisers. We actually need to be full time. If you, if you are not already established in the industry and you're not mates with, you know, people at Lionsgate or, or Sky, you need to be um, a full-time fundraiser. That's the only thing you need to focus on because money talks. You can go – I mean, I've, I've spoken with um, some very big uh, Hollywood-based agents um, that represent some very yeah. well-known household sure. names um, because I've, I was plucky. I was like, I'm not afraid of these people. I, I've got a really great project that I, uh, I want to attach great people to. Let's just swing for the fence and see what happens. And the conversation always starts from their side of, um, are you fully financed? Now, I don't know any independent film on this planet that has um, been fully financed without cast attached. It, do, it just it doesn't happen. Um, so that's a ridiculous question that agents will ask, but they do that to get rid of you. Um, the second question they'll say is, can you make a pay or play offer? And those two questions are designed to get rid of producers like me. Um, so if you can go out there and get yourself fully financed, and I know it's a big, a big ask, but I'm doing it because I think I've got something to offer. I've got, I think I've got some strong scripts um, that I think deserve to be made just as much as all the other garbage that's being <laughs> made at the moment. Um, so I am, I am a full-time fundraiser now. Um, I'm, I'm out there meeting with uh, investment um, banks, investment advisors, pretty much anyone who works in the finance game, uh, I'm, I'm trying to get meetings with and taking meetings with and explaining what we do. I took, um, I took a meeting, this would be about two, two and a half years ago now, with a, with a very wealthy um, British businessman who, who got introduced to me through a friend of a friend. And I, and I said to him, look, I've got two projects, you know, one's two million, one's three million, blah, 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 blah. And um, he said to me, um, if, you, if you can show me how you're going to protect my money and you can show me how you're going to make my money back, then that's great. But if, if all you're offering me is um, uh, I'm going to make a great film and I'm going to cross my fingers and hope it does well, um, he said, well, quite honestly, you can fuck off. And that was the, that was the best advice I, I could have ever been given because he followed that up by saying, uh, you seem like a nice guy. You got a good presentation, but I'm not here to finance your dream.
there's a lot of people that will say, well, you should go and get soft money. So you should go to Ireland or go to Screen Yorkshire um, or get money out of the BFI. Again, that's a really nice suggestion. Um, and oh, very come on, it's, yeah. it's, it's near impossible. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. You, yeah, know, the, exactly. you might as well start playing the lottery as well um, and start trading yeah. the stock market. Your odds are exactly the same <laughs> across all three. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, totally. so what, yeah. I've, what I've done is I've, I've done a combination of different things. So I, I've actually got um, a couple of actors attached to uh, my baby script called um, Sven, um, my pet project, my favorite script. Uh, and that was through hunting, you know, hunting through IMDb Pro, yeah. hunting through <laughs> Google. Um, you know, I'm not suggesting that someone as big as Brad Pitt has his email address out there um, online, sure. but maybe someone who is connected with him does. Um, so you've got to be yeah. astute at, at hunting these things down. Um, so anyway, so that's that's one way I've gone, and I've managed to get actors attached. But then, you know, I got I got faced with the response from sales agents. Uh, Hey, that they're really nice actors, but they don't do anything internationally. And I thought, yeah, yeah it's it's it, yeah. it's so incredibly <laughs> yeah. frustrating. There, yeah. there is a, there is yeah. one sales agent. Um, actually, sorry, there's two sales agents out there in London who have actually given me a straight answer. I really appreciated it. Um, and that's Spencer at Kaleidoscope and Greg Martin at, at Embankment Films. They they have been very decent with me, and I've said, look, put yourself in my shoes. What do I do? What do you want me to do? What's going to make your life easy? What's going to get me into the conversation with you? And, and you know, they, they both said, come back when you got 15 to 20% of your budget raised, either through soft money or through private money, um, and, then we, and then we can have a conversation. So at least, at least now I know the parameters. But the one thing that I want to communicate to, you, to your listeners, to your audience, it doesn't matter where you are on the, on the playing field of, of filmmaking. It doesn't matter if you're brand new, fresh out of university, or you've been doing it for 15, 20 years. The one truth remains, and that is that money talks. But what I'm doing now is I'm, I'm full-time fundraising. So I'm meeting with investors, investment banks, anyone connected with the finance industry. So I'm now, I'm now no longer um, a creative producer. I'm no longer um, you know, working full-time in development on, on scripts or trying to grow my, my showreel as a director. No, I've retired as a director for the next five years because I need to spend every minute of every hour of every day chasing money. Because because look at all the films that are getting made. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm sure I'm sure most of us will watch something and go, "How the hell did that get made?" You know, we've all we've all got taste, and and that's not slam, and that's not to yeah. slam other writers yeah, or directors. Yeah. But I think one of the frustrations that I've found in this business is, you know. I'll get ignored uh, or rejected or passed over um, by a various producer or sales agent. And that's fine. That's part of the game. But then you look at what came out, um, <laughs> you know, within one or two years. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. By rejected, always, look, yeah. if, if my script sucks, yeah. that's absolutely fine. If I get told that enough times, that's yeah. absolutely fine. Then my script obviously sucks. Yeah. But if, <laughs> if yeah. I get told, Hey, look, yeah. nice script or the actor's not big enough or yada, yada, yada. Um, and then they go and release utter dog shit. That's that's offensive, and that's where I go. This business makes no sense whatsoever. Yeah. So I think uh, you know when it, when it yeah. comes to yeah. the conversations I've had with sales agents, um, when I and I have actors already attached. What I would love to have heard is, okay, they're not huge internationally, but let's see who we can add either side. You know, let's maybe see if Gary Oldman's available um, to come in for six days. At least we can whack him on the poster, and that'll get you an international deal. You know. Those are the sort of no bullshit yeah. conversations I'd love to have. Um, or I would love to have a, James, thanks very much. I'm glad you got actors attached to your script, but um, this is not a project for us. That'd be great too. <laughs> yeah. So, so with the, the financial uh, pursuit yes. that you have ongoing for the next five years, what, what are your, are you starting with people you already know and then asking them to possibly link you up with somebody or? what's your starting point? Cause obviously, yeah. you know, Oh, I'm a film producer. Hey, would you look at my, my folio, my, my business pack here, blah, blah, blah. I mean, a lot of investors aren't even interested in the film sector to begin with. So what, how do you find those people who, who are potentially going to at least consider your project? Yeah. Good question. So obviously you, you, you want to target, um, the wealthiest people, you know, or people that you know who are connected with wealthy people. And they could be, business owners, um, 
you know, I wouldn't suggest in this country dentists, um, but a friend of mine in the States, he's a, he's a producer and he's done three or four or five films. And one of his biggest investors um, is, is a dentist. Um, yeah, so you have that yeah. running joke. He was like pulling teeth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't. I okay. wasn't going to share that joke, but yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So that's so that's one way to go. I think the the main th- the main thing is to um, understand that you know that every, you're connected to everyone through six degrees of separation. Okay. Yeah. So let's let's pull it back to two or three degrees of separation. Even if you, you know, are from a very small town in, I'm just picking anywhere out of the, out of the country, Hartlepool. You come from this little village in Hartlepool um, and you, you didn't finish school or whatever. It doesn't matter where you come from. There will be some way of you connecting to a few steps up. Um, and, and I think, I guess where that attitude comes from is in, in Australia, we are, we are raised and taught to be self-employed. You know, we're, yeah. we're encouraged to, to be. To hustle. Yeah, yeah, to hustle, to fight. Um, every single minute of every single day and not give up. You know, there, I know some very wealthy plumbers in Australia, um, mm. you know, and I think, that's, I think that's wonderful. I love hearing that. But it's interesting in this country, you know, I've had some conversations with young producers and, and they'll, they'll ask questions like, well, how do, you, how do you meet wealthy people? And, you know, I've, I've met wealthy people through the same channels that you, you could meet wealthy people. It's, it's just getting out and hustling and LinkedIn is a good resource for perhaps angel investors um, you know, if, if you go to, if you go to an angel investor and you say, look, this is what I'm doing, they will probably say, yeah, film doesn't make money. No, thanks. Go away. But if you, if you go to an angel investor and say, Hey, look, I understand that film doesn't make money, but I think I've got something that could, could do well, that if we could, if we had enough, um, of a, a leg up, you know, we would get to something that, that would be in the realms of, of being commercially viable. Yeah. Uh, that instantly changes the the conversation because you're, yeah. you're not asking some wealthy person to finance your dream, and I don't think um, young filmmakers are, are told that. You know, we, we we all and I had this myself when I moved moved to the UK. We have this idealistic view that you know I'm going to write a great script and we're going to we're going to reward it. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> doesn't happen yeah. though. Ninety five percent of films don't make money. Yeah. You know, yeah. and and then on the flip side, and I know you asked the question about you know how to raise money, but I, I do want to say this. I read a statistic um, about six months ago that uh, 95 out of the 95 films that Screen Australia financed, um, or the 95 out of the last 95 that Screen Australia financed, did not make any money. Yeah, now, that's very often the case. Yeah, that tells me that <laughs> that tells me that the people who are working in the business they don't have any idea more than we do about what will do well commercially or what will do yeah. well um, critically. Yeah. So I guess yeah. I guess the what I want to encourage people is that the the playing field is even when it comes to knowledge. When it so, so yeah. So so what would your pitch be for say Sven? You, you you're talking to an angel investor. You've actually mm. got a conversation going. They haven't told you to get lost. Mm-hmm. They're they're actually going to listen to you. What how do how do you pitch that? What's your USP, if you will, yeah. on this particular film? So um, the key is obviously having something that fits within a marketable genre. So if you're doing a horror film, great. If you're doing a thriller, fantastic. A sci-fi, also good. If you're doing a comedy, that's not so good. Comedy, uh, comedies are very difficult to, to sell internationally. Um, so the, the starting point for me is, look, I've got a film that fits within a highly commercial genre. And, and so hopefully that will get, get the conversation going to the next stage, which is, and I think we need between, and you can pick a number that you want, um, but I would suggest something in the realms of three million pounds. Um, with three million pounds, you can afford to pay a big name ac- actor to come in for a week and a half to two weeks. With three million pounds, you can um, you can shoot pretty much anywhere in the world. This is obviously pre and post coronavirus. Once we're allowed yeah. to fly again, um, sure. uh, with three million pounds, you've got enough money for posts, for effects, um, and to pay yourself. Uh, and to have a have a great crew, have everything you need, um, probably a four to five week shoot, um, and to to b- bring in you know some recognisable faces to carry the film um, all the way through. At that level, you know, at three million pounds, you will um, also uh, benefit from the the tax credits, no matter where you go. So you so the financial exposure there is not so huge. You know, if you shot it here, you're going to get about six hundred grand back from um, good old HMRC. So 
the investor, you can say straight away, look, you give me three million quid, I can do this, 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 and this, and your exposure is only 2.4. And at 2.4, with a commercially viable film um, that uh, has recognizable faces, you, you can say to them, well, look, I can go out to a Lionsgate or a major distributor and we can sell the film at Cannes or AFM or, or, or EFM and you know, and we only need to make above two point four for you to have made your money. Yeah, and then you and then you can look at all of the um, films that have sold at Sundance and and Cannes, etc. And you go, actually, do you know what? This guy's not talking crazy talk. Sure. And so when you wrote the script, uh, obviously you're looking at budgets around three to four million or even five. Did you, with with cast in mind, did you think perhaps one of these roles? make a minor role with a big name so that, yeah. you know, you kind of shape your storyline so that, right, we've got one of the characters here who, who would only be needed for say seven days out of 30 or, mm. or 35, but it, it, we could just about afford to pay him or her. Is it, is there any, in other words, is, is the sort of budget impacting a little bit on the, on the way you design a script? Yeah, look, funnily enough, um, Sven was the the second feature that Jess and I wrote when we moved here, and uh, that's because the first one we wrote was a three three to four million pound British Christmas romantic comedy. Now, when we wrote it, there was still still a minor appeal for that sort of stuff, and we thought it ticked a few boxes. Um, by the time we'd finished it, uh, finished the development process, the British Christmas rom com wasn't so exciting anymore. So. We actually wrote Sven to be made for about a hundred grand, um, utilizing uh, areas around me. But what happened was, and to, this is all to Jess's credit, she actually wrote such a good script that, um, uh, again, going back to Spencer from Kaleidoscope, he said to me, "Come back when you've got a million pounds, because I can really do something with this." Yeah. Um, and I, I appreciated that. that. That was that was awesome. But at the time, I thought, well, look, I haven't made a feature yet, so who's going to give me a million pounds? Um, yeah. And I didn't back myself at the time, and I kind of wish I had. Um, so fast forward to today, yeah, the budget for Sven is is about three and a half million pounds. There is a role in there um, uh, for a character called Bruce, um, six, seven days tops, um, which is perfect. And you you name anyone who sits in that sixty to sixty five age bracket. Um, and that's, that's got some, some sort of international draw to them. Um, yeah. And, and definitely we can cover that. I mean, yeah. when people say, what's the budget for your film? It's, sorry to, to sort of tangent off for a second, but, uh, when people say, what's the, what's the budget for your film? It's kind of irritating because you can make a film for anything. You know, I, I showed, yeah. I showed yeah. Sven to a producer in the States. Um, and he said to me, what's your budget? Um, after he'd read it and I turned the question back on him and said, well, what do you think the budget is? He said, oh, you know, well, if we get Chris Pratt for $3 million, so we could do it for about $9 million. Um, yeah, the above the line is, is crucial, isn't it? When people say, what's your budget? I mean, it, it so depends on your above the line because that could double or triple it, you know. Oh, massively. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I spoke to a producer uh, late last year and, and he said that um, he made a $7, seven million film and four and a half was above the line. Yeah. Now yeah. that's absolutely fair enough, and it leads it actually segues really nicely into something else I will tell you. Um, it it tells you that um, the names matter. Okay, uh, sure. I completely I completely agree that if you haven't got a recognizable face, yeah, for theatrical release, definitely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. but to a question that you, you you raised earlier was you know do you attach talent first or, or whatever you do? The number of times I've been told by by managers you know come back when you're fully financed. Um, it's, it's really interesting to hear that, that statement when you look on IMDb Pro and you look at someone like Bruce Willis or Nicolas Cage and you look at all the films they're attached to, yeah. none of them say they're in pre-production. They all say script or treatment or optioned. Sure. So they're attaching themselves to projects that are not financed. Yeah. So, so young filmmakers, young producers, don't be afraid of that rejection from managers. It's, it's just bullshit to get, get you out, out of the way um, and just <laughs> discourage you and make you go away. Yeah, there are, but of course, if if that's the only gate you're knocking on or door, it's it's perhaps difficult to uh, find another way to reach these people, isn't it? Uh, that's the problem. That's why they're called gatekeepers, I suppose. That's yeah. right. Yeah, but that's yeah. but that's that's where um, having the the cash behind you from raising the money first, um, yeah, means you can get past that that issue. Um, 
you know, but there's there's guys out there that are that are attaching people like your Nicholas Gages to projects, um, taking taking that project to Cannes and pre-selling internationally and fully financing their film through pre-sales. Yeah. So that is yeah. that is 100% doable. Um, and and so that that's where having a sales agent who who likes your project, who's really bought into your project because it's commercially focused. Um, yeah. you know, that's that's an avenue where where young filmmakers can uh, can go that that helps them get the project yeah. across the line. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about some of the other projects you're doing. Uh, I saw your trailer 12 Oh yeah, that's good. That looked good. So the twelve, the twelve was um, yeah our third script. Um, we made that for, and I don't mind, I don't mind saying this out loud now because it's been on Amazon Prime for uh, about six months now. We made that for forty three thousand pounds in total. Okay. Um, we shot that in five days um, in one little church in uh, West Sussex. Yeah. Um, and that was that was me just going. Right, so we've written we've written a rom com, didn't work. We've written Sven, and they've said come back when you got more money and, and bigger actors. And I needed to um, I needed to pop my cherry in in the film space, so I, I rushed rushed through the script with with Jess, um, and you know I had I had about fifteen grand of my own money, and, and my dad was kind enough to put some cash in as well. Uh, and we found through a, again this is back to the six degrees of separation. We found a connection with uh, Femi Oyunirin. Um, who, okay. who loved the script and he helped us um, raise uh, raise some more money and that, that finished off our budget um, and we were able to get it done and get it out there. So that was that was fun. How long was the script? Uh, in page length? 90, yeah. 95 pages. Okay, wow. How did you shoot it in that amazingly short time? That's <laughs> well, pretty impressive. See, Jess's, Jess's history, Jess's background is uh, writing um, stage plays for, for kids. Um, so she was always really good. Um, she used to run a drama school in, in Sydney. So she was always really good at putting together um, projects that would would happen within one space. Yeah, uh, heavily dialogue driven. Um, so what we did was we we just looked around what we have, and you know this this country's awesome, awesome for uh, for abandoned churches. Uh, you know? Right. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. we found this gorgeous little church in West Sussex, and we just set a, a heist a heist film in. Um, in the church, it's basically money, yeah. money monster in a, in a, in a little chapel. Um, yeah. But the way we the way we shot it in five days was I broke the film up into effectively eleven page blocks. Um, yeah, and and so what one of the things we said was we should really be looking to cast theatrically trained um, actors, people who are capable of being off book for an hour and a half. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we were able to burn through eleven pages in one take. Wow. And then and then what we would do is we would turn around, relight, and shoot from the opposite direction and go go again, eleven pages in one take. Uh, yeah. So I, I, I limited myself to two takes of each setup. Um, and yeah. then and then I allowed myself two or three um uh, cut ins. Yeah, yeah, cut ins, cutaways, um yeah. or artistic shots. Um, and look, in the end, we got we got pretty close. We got pretty close to to getting everything. I, mean, I was having to to chop out some some of my more favourite artistic shots. So I, I lacked the style in the finished project project mm-hmm. uh, or finished product. Sorry, um, but uh, well, I think because uh, you're running out of time. I mean, yeah, it's that's very very tight. You can't <laughs> afford to think too much about style. You've got to get it done if you're that's right. yourself that tight line. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was tight. But look, the crew were the crew were incredibly generous. You know, we we said to people we'd be doing um eleven plus one, so eleven hour day with a one hour lunch break. Um yeah. and most days we we ticked I mean we're only talking about five days here, but um yeah. there were there were two days. I think the final day we did fourteen hours um uh, plus backup. So look we we definitely stretched ourselves. We worked really hard. Um, but definitely couldn't have done it without the uh, the kindness and the generosity accrued. I wouldn't expect that ever again. Put it that way. Yeah, yeah, no, sure. And that was just what the one location, wasn't it? The entire film. Yeah, yeah. We spent yeah. Uh, four four days within the church, and then one day where we had half day of driving scenes and half day of exteriors, um, which were a little ha- little hampered from by the weather. Um, it rained on us on one day, which slowed things down a bit. Yeah, but look, that was that was an excellent. Uh, excellent experience you know you can you can make a film in whatever amount of time and i suppose this this does lead nicely to what should people be doing now um 
I am reading reports that you know we're not going to be able to travel um, internationally uh, for a while, for quite some time. Yeah, yeah, and I saw probably it was, the rest of the year. Yeah. Yes, easily. And I saw that Sky TV, I think, were um, abandoning international productions and focusing on UK-based um, shoots only. Um, yeah. So I think, look, during this time, people should be writing, writing as much as they can. Um, projects that take place in one space even if it's a family around a dining table you know there, yeah. there was a camera diaz film i think back in the early 2000s which was a group of people at a dining table um i think it was a comedy horror thriller um you know that was that was yeah. perfectly entertaining the whole film took place in in the dining room um, yeah right the yeah. story the story is what matters most yeah no sure yeah story in the performances yeah yeah so how, what did you when you finished the film what was your what, where did you go? I mean, you've ended up on Amazon Prime. Uh, where did you try for theatrical release, or did you go straight to thinking streaming? What was your plan after you finished? Yeah, so when when we went into production, that was uh, early 2017. So things were still pretty good film wise um, for everyone. But um, I took the film to Cannes. So we wrapped on on a Saturday night. And can started, I think, that the Friday night before we'd wrapped. So Monday morning I was on a plane um, and took the film to Cannes. And just anyone who would take a meeting, uh, any sales agent would take a meeting, I, I shoved the, a little teaser in front of them uh, yeah. and, uh, and tried to get so interested. So you, you had the whole film cut by then? Uh, no, I, I, what I did, so we wrapped on Saturday night and on Sunday morning I slept. Um, and then Sunday, <laughs> up, Sunday yeah. afternoon I loaded in some of my um, favorite uh, takes and cut together a four-minute teaser. Yeah. Um, and then uh, yeah, gave it a quick, a quick grade, whacked on a soundtrack um, uh, on Monday morning before I took off to the airport. So, yeah, I had something preloaded onto Vimeo um, that I could yeah. show uh, actually on my iPad as well. Yeah. So yeah, so look, I was I was keen for a theatrical. I was looking to see if, if we we would have a chance there, but I don't know if you recall, but 2017 is when Netflix decided to um, dominate the the market. Yeah, um, they they were buying up everything. They were on yeah, a big sure. content push, and and there was a lot of jitters around that. And look, my film having no recognizable actors in it uh, with an unknown producer, unknown writer, unknown director. Um, yeah, we didn't we didn't get anywhere. Unfortunately, we picked up a. Yeah. Um, a sales agent who tried as hard as they possibly could. Um, the guys over at Turnkey, okay, Hollywood, uh, yeah, Corey and uh, Tyler. They tried with all they might to get us a deal at Netflix, um, but just couldn't get across the line, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, how did the Amazon Prime experience turn out for you? Um, so far, I think we've brought in a grand total of seven hundred pounds. Yeah, <laughs> I've, I've heard I've heard similar stories. Yeah, it's very difficult, isn't it? To uh... It is. make anything back on that platform it is and if I, you're an indie you know yeah, yeah and, that, and that's the thing i think what i i was very idealistic at the time you know i i believed that i could make a film that was could, that could compete in the space um and you know in some areas we, we're strong in some areas we're weak but it's it's fine i mean that's a, that's the experience of putting together a feature um, yeah. the lesson is you do not make a feature do not make anything unless you can get someone recognizable in even for one scene for one day yeah. Um, there's a there's a really good film I watched recently called uh, Dead in a Week or Your Money Back. Um, okay, um, nice title. Yeah, really good film, really enjoyable. Um, they had uh, Tom Wilkinson playing one of the leads, so he was okay. he was obviously available for the whole shoot. Um, yeah. But they brought Chris Eccleston in for two scenes. Okay. Now, oh. okay, Chris Chris Eccleston is uh, he's no Brad Pitt. No disrespect to him, he's a fantastic nice. actor. He was brilliant for the film, and it just it just added another another name, um, another yeah. recognizable name, which made it easier for them to get a distribution deal. Yeah. But that's, yeah, yeah. that's the brilliance of it. You know, even if they didn't have Tom Wilkinson in that role, mm. um, to play the lead, they could have, they could have had anyone in there, but having Chris Eccleston come in for what looked like two days, um, you know, that just raised the yeah, profile yeah. of the film. Yeah, and, yeah. And I would encourage every young filmmaker to do, do the same thing. So to answer your earlier question about Sven, yeah, I've got two or three roles in there that I could whack in, um, uh, anyone, anyone huge. I mean, I was swinging for the fences in my in my treatment um, and my lookbook. I wrote down uh, Viola Davis to play play a role, which I'd need her for about seven or eight days. Uh, Brendan Gleeson um, again, need him for six days. You know, that's that's yeah. the sort of thing I was thinking of doing um, and just yeah. packaging them around. 
um, the existing cast. Yeah, cool. And what's your take on? I, mean, I suppose you've done a micro feature with this forty thousand mm. budget. Would would you do that kind of film again, or would you just no. you just sort of I've been there, done that, and no. just move on to because it's it's not really a viable business. <laughs> no, it's not. Yeah. And and I, yeah. that's the thing. Like we need to stop seeing film as art. And I know that that is a criminal statement around anyone in the BFI or or film four. Um, or that sort of space. I, I get that. I know I'm not going to make any friends by saying that. Um, film film is definitely an art form, but it needs to be commercialized. You you got to be as a producer. You have to be business focused. You know, you've got to have you got to have a finance plan. Like where's where's the money coming from? Where's the money going to? Um, you know, who's who's at risk in the different different areas? Um, you know, how much how much soft money? How much free money can I get? Um, you know, all that sort of stuff. Um, so no, I will, I will never do a, a feature that, that low again, that, that small, unless of course, you know, Benedict Cumberbatch comes to me and says, Hey mate, I want to do a film with you. Um, <laughs> and I've, I've got 50 quid in my account and I'll say, well, look, I'll shoot you for an hour and a half eating cheese and I'm sure someone will buy it. Um, because yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the strength of having, having a name in your film. Yeah. So on, going back to pitching again, the project, mm. what, what kind of deliverables do you have? To show people, do you, you obviously the business plan, um, something like a lookbook? Do you do a sizzle reel, for example? Yeah, yeah. So I, yeah. I do all three of those. So um, yeah, I do an initial treatment where um, it's about ten to twelve um, pages long, where I um, obviously introduce the, the, the film with a logline, uh, then do a couple of pages of synopsis. All of these are on um, with a really great imagery in the, uh, in the background, um, and then I will put in some suggested cast and put in some uh, ideal shots that I like from other, other projects just to give a look and feel and tone. Sure. Yeah. Um, and, and that's pretty much it. That's, that's where I leave it um, on the lookbook yeah. stuff. Okay. And then you drop a business plan with presumably uh, similar titles with similar, with, with the kinds of budgets and the kinds of returns that you would hope you can get for your yeah. interested investor this is this is a um a, a sticky subject for me because i've seen i've easily seen a dozen of these things um done in the last 12 months from other other producers and as as attractive as they are they're bullshit i mean we don't know what a film is going to make no um, exactly and one of the problems that i've seen a lot of guys do lately um, is they will compare their script or their film to a f- to a feature that had amazing breakout success. So you look at you know anything Tarantino in the early years, um, or you look yeah. at Get Out, um, yeah, or or you look at a Spike Lee Black Klansman. You know you yeah. can't compare your film to, to major. <laughs> yeah, you just you can't yeah. compare your film to a major studio back project like Get Out was. Okay, it was a $5 million film, but Blumhouse put $20 million of P&A behind it. You know, yeah, that's, exactly. yeah. we don't have that. And, and it's, it's absurd for you to compare yourself to, to that. Um, I think, and that's where I, where I circle back to the, that three million pound sweet spot. You know, I, there's a lot of people making films in that, in that area um, because yeah. you've got enough to do what you need to do and you've got enough to, to pay someone recognizable. So, yeah, your, your, your lookbook, your treatment, your business plan, you, they've got to be based in reality. Don't don't compare your film to, <laughs> to Terminator Two that took two hundred million in its first I don't know three weeks or whatever it is, um, and, I, and I think I've also seen seen another thing where uh, people will pitch their film as though it was going to have theatrical release, you know, so they'll they'll show a low, a mid, and a high range for um, for box office takings, and then it's just all this convoluted, it's just numbers on a screen. And I, and I know that investors will, will immediately, they'll ignore all the beginning stuff. They just go straight to the numbers page. They'll look at the index. They'll see financials on page 12. Great. Skip to page 12. How much, how much am I going to make? Um, and yeah. and that's, where we, that's where we come unstuck because we don't know. Yeah. And we're so never going to get around that. How do you get around that? You know, because you don't want to bullshit your investor because you know they're going to see through you straight away. So what's your approach with that? So the, the, the three things you need um, are investors, sales agents, and talent. Um, none of them are going to join your project unless the other people are going to join. Um, so the starting point, again, money talks. Go and get the money first. And the, the phrase that I'm using is, well, look, how much are you willing to commit if I can get buy-in from XYZ? So 
you know, I might say to, uh, I've said to whatever, I said, look, if I can get Brad Pitt into the film, who you know has international value, how much are you willing to put in? Yeah. You know, and then they go, oh, yeah, Brad Pitt, I know that name. And, and you'll get a response. Yeah. And, then, and then you can go, so it's not a commitment. You're not getting anything in writing, but they've said to you, look, we'll put in this much. And you go, okay, fine. So then you can go back to Brad Pitt's agent and say, look, I've got this. And you might as well count that as, uh, as solid, though. Um, that's, that's one key to this strategy. You know, if someone says, yes, if you, if you get me Brad Pitt, I will commit a million. Yeah, you can then count- you start to have some structure to build on. Yeah. Absolutely. And then you can go to Brad Pitt and you say, look, if you're in, I've got a million pounds. Um, or even if you just want to say, I've got a million pounds, are you in? And then you'll get a response for that. Then you can go to your sales agent and say, look, I've got a million pounds and I've got Brad Pitt. Can we talk? Yeah. So you're not getting anyone to commit until someone else is in, but you are making it a lot easier on yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess you're doing that with the Brian Gleasons and other similar sort of actors around the UK. Yeah. Look, I'm, I'm, I'm not afraid of, um, of, of any, any US agent or UK agent. Um, they're all just people at the end of the day. Um, yeah, they're going to fight to get the best deal for their client and they're going to put their client in the best project possible. Um, but look at, just look at the, look at the um, credits from, you know, okay, not someone as, as big as Brad, but if you look at the, the names out there that are doing things, you know, people who you know will sell a film um, and your sales agent should tell you who to cast. That's the other thing. Yeah. That's the other thing that, you, that producers should know. Go and find a sales agent. Tell them, look, I don't want a commitment now, um, but when I come back with some money and, um, and and a plan, I would love you to tell me who to cast because they they have their finger on the button. They know um, they know who's coming through. They know who's in current stuff or doing really well or who's the hot name about to break out. You know, I had um, sure. So so if you, for example, send them a lookbook with suggested cast. Do you then get them to comment on that and they go, well, he or she is not well known enough. We couldn't do anything with, with those people. But here's some, some new suggestions which you could perhaps add to your lookbook and that might provide you with a, a development on the project simply because you've got a, a, a casting list which still works for your film but is at least a little bit more viable from the sales point of view. Yeah, I think I, I think the first step is to, to, to build a relationship with a sales agent. Um, so rather than sending something cold, I, I, would, yeah. I would ping them an email um, and introduce yourself and yeah. ask and ask if you can send something. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I, had yeah. an, I had an absurd response from a sales agent though, and I, I do have to say this. I'm not going to name them, but you know, I, I sent the um, a quick little uh, treatment and the sizzle reel that I'd cut, and I said, "Hey, look, take a look at this and let me know if it's um, of interest and we can talk." And I got an email response saying we don't take unsolicited um, uh, submissions. And I emailed yeah. the guy back and I said, that, that's insane. You're a sales agent. If I don't send you something, how do you know that a project exists? Sure enough, I'm an independent producer, but come on, let's let's be fair here. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, his excuse was, yeah. well, we get 600 submissions a week and blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah. And yeah. I thought, well, that, that's absolutely fine, but that's for you to manage. Don't just reject people out of hand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've always found that it really does help just to have that initial phone call before you yeah. Pitch your stuff over there, isn't it? Yeah, um, just ask yeah. permission. Just just say to them, yeah. look, this is who I am. This is what I'm doing. Don't want to waste your time. Um, how do you, how do you like to receive submissions? You know, something as simple as that. Um, exactly. Because I've got, you know, you could you could say I've got a um, a zombie horror flick um, that I think could be made for about a million pounds. That way, they go, oh, well, do you know what? We're actually not interested in zombie horror flicks, but come back when you've got a X Y Z. Um, yeah. And, and yeah. that way you show that you understand and appreciate that they, they're busy, um, they're time poor, they're inundated with projects. Um, and you can find out what they're looking for as well. Yeah. So just final point, really. I, how do you divide up your day with the work on films? Do you do you say, right, I'm going to sit down, do my social media for first hour or two hours, then more direct contacts? or phone calls, do you block out your day being as you're working from home? You know, how do you sort of structure it to make you feel that you're being as productive across all those different mini disciplines, if you will? Yeah. Yeah, sure. So, um, I, it, it depends on, on how many meetings I have, um, spread out through it. I try and, I try and bulk meetings into one or two days, um, and, and try and get that, get that done and out of the way in one session. I read a great book called the, uh, the four hour work week. Um, I think it was by Tim Ferriss. 
Um, yeah. And he, yeah. he said he does all of his sales calls Monday morning, um, nine until 11 AM. That's it. He doesn't do any, any more sales calls for the rest of the week. He just gets it all, all out the way in one. And so I, I try and live by that, um, uh, methodology. Uh, so I try and do as, uh, as little as possible in as little as amount of time as possible. So yeah, Monday, Monday morning might be um, a development meeting with Jess. We'll see, you know, where she's up to with the script or what ideas or what the market's doing. Um, you know, what's, yeah. what's selling well, what we watched on the weekend, etc. Um, so I kind of, I kind of break up my week into, um, the, the main priorities. So obviously re- raising finance is the number one priority. So I spend as much time, uh, doing that and whether that is putting together my proposal documents, um, or, uh, calling and, and booking meetings, uh, with investors or, Booking meetings with people who are connected with with investors. Um, that's that's where I spend the bulk of my time, and th- and that yeah. can that can take all day sometimes. Um, that can take three days out of the week. The rest the rest of the week I kind of I keep a little bit fluid because you know things come up, things change. Um, you know you you might get called in for a, a last minute meeting because again investors um, have a very unusual. <laughs> unusual lifestyles and unusual timeframes. So yeah, I I try and keep it fluid uh, for about 50%, I guess would be a fair statement. And then rock solid um, locked in. You're not talking to me for these three hours. My day, my day is 50% um, structured where I I block it out. I don't take calls. I don't look at my emails. Um, I just try and get, get the job done, whether that's, you know, um, communicating with other agents, um, hunting email addresses for, for people um, or um, putting together you know, finance plans, lookbooks, um, all that sort of stuff. Uh, and, and obviously the hunt, the hunt for um, uh, investors and um, executive producers as well, you know, communicating with those guys. And then the rest, the rest of my time is, is fluid for, for things that come up. You know, I have other producers that, that I'll talk to or other writers and other directors. Um, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate enough to work with a couple of really great um, producers now um, we've got a fresh team that we've put together in the last couple of months. Uh, okay, cool. so it's about, it's about kind of bouncing off each other and, and discussing, you know, what about this actor or I know this guy, or I worked with, with this, with this actress, um, you know, how can we loop in or I know this director through this director. So it's, yeah, those kind of fluid conversations. Um, and it's, yeah. it's a long process. And yeah. Cool. How did you come across these, uh, other producers and, EPs that you're now talking to? Yeah, great question. So I, um, I was a producer in advertising in Australia. Um, now, an advertising producer is a feature film line producer. Um, so yeah, exactly. when I wasn't getting the, the traction that I wanted as a, as a feature film producer, I thought, okay, well, look, I need to get out there and meet more people. So I went and took on a couple of line producing and production management um, or production supervising roles. And that obviously has producers and directors and cast in. So obviously just uh, my usual charming Aussie Larrick himself um, <laughs> and, and made good friends and worked my, worked my ass off and made sure I made sure I was the hardest worker on, on set um, and offset. Um, yeah. You sacrifice your body for, <laughs> for four weeks. Yeah. I and know. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that gets you a pretty good reputation and, and you get into conversations with people and, you know, I was fortunate enough to, to be seen to be working very hard by um, an executive producer on one of the films. And he said, look, let's have lunch. So we had lunch after wrap. And he said, I want you to meet this person, this person, this person. So we've spoken and, and the wheels have turned. Um, and yeah, I've just, I've been introduced to you know, maybe a half a dozen to a dozen people just from yeah, line producing and, and production management. Yeah. Is that, is that what you do as a sort of day job every now and then you go back to the line producing just to sort of, pay the proverbial rent um yes and no i i kind of only do it when when things go quiet so when i'm not yeah. getting any traction then i'll i'll dip my toe into the into the production space but no I, i'm i'm full-time um I, look I, I did quite well in australia in advertising so i've been fortunate enough to to live off my <laughs> hard work um yeah, <laughs> yeah um that's right and yeah. so yeah look the, taking those jobs um it stops the the money running out quicker um, but, uh, it's, yeah, it's more for, more for a networking purpose, really. If I could do it all again, you know, if I had to start four years ago, um, just got off a plane, 
wide-eyed, thinking I could break into the British film industry, what I would probably do um, is I would, I would probably take the day job, to be really honest with you, um, so in something that's related. doesn't matter. doesn't matter what it is, as long as you're there. And that's because producing in the early stages can be done on the side. That can be your side hustle. Yeah. You know, and I would, I would encourage... I would encourage young filmmakers to to do that. And I know that the ideal is to get into get into production and, and try and climb your way. You know, work as a runner and then as a PA or a third AD. Um, maybe get a crack at working at you know the BBC on on Fleabag or whatever it is. Mate, the reality is production is brutal. It's un, underpaid, um, overworked, yeah. underappreciated, and the doors just don't open for people that way. It's it's re- it's really quite sad to watch actually because I've worked with some very talented people in the production space, really great people, um, and you know you read their scripts and actually they're really good, but the chances and, and the opportunities that present themselves are, are few and far between. And yeah, I think yeah. I think everyone is capable of producing. Um, I mean, you, you just you just look at look at the horror stories that you hear about, um, look at the bad films that are made. I think that, yeah. that that should tell you that absolutely every single one of us is capable of producing a feature film. Um, there's tons of resources to learn from, but I would I would suggest and encourage yeah taking the day job um, and producing at night because producing is really sending emails, developing scripts, um, networking, you know, going for drinks with people, uh, making friends that way. So yeah, yeah if if, if yeah. that can encourage anyone, I hope it does. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do it at night, off those thing in the morning. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, you know, get up at get up at six a.m. instead of eight. Yeah, quite. Yeah, cool. Well, thanks for talking to me, James. It's been interesting. Uh, thanks for being on the show. No, it's been a pleasure. I hope it's been helpful. Yeah, definitely. Okay, we'll be in touch. All thanks right. so much. Thanks, Nicholas. I was just speaking to producer director James Whitehill. I'm Nicholas Penrake, and you've been listening to One Good Take. Thanks for joining us. 